Yo, 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 what's up? Zach Herger Idea Addict, episode 37, fifth attempt, fifth attempt. So the first, I already recorded this several times. So the first time there was too much background noise. The second time I recorded it and it didn't save. Neat. So I'm gonna try to get it all, all done for you in one, uh, one foul swoop, y'all. Now I got a literal old country buffet of ideas for you, okay? Now I'm not talking any businesses for sale because I haven't found any that I like. None that get the juices a flowing. Um, still fighting. I, last week I didn't do one because I have uh, shingles. I, <laughs> I have shingles on my chest and on my back. And I was just not in the mood. They make you really fatigued. And I uh, I was like, I could barely make it through the day without Naparuski in. So I didn't really feel like recording a pod. Even though I love you people, I respect you people. Even Rush Limbaugh took days off. Okay. So the ideas. Now they're they're these ideas are maybe you'll like said ideas, maybe you won't like said ideas. But my problem in life is I with my businesses and the stuff I like to do is here's what's insanely profitable. Selling investments, selling insurance, selling real estate. But I get too bored with that. I like complicated things like owning a dumpster business. <laughs> And I have another complicated idea that I just kind of, I don't want to say I fell into because I did sort of seek it out, but I, I just dabbled a little bit and it is actually, it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> so the first idea, we're going to start with, we're going to start with something that's very, very profitable, but it isn't really like, I don't get. I didn't get like really super excited about it, if that makes sense. I am doing it. I'm trying it to see how it works. And so like basically, I'll just kind of give you like a little bit of background and then I'll tell you about like what the idea is. And it's extremely, it's extremely simple. It's so simple and that's why it's not keeping my attention because it's boring. And what it is, is it's just... A news, an email newsletter. That's the idea. And you just put ads on it. And you're like, dude, that is retarded. Now, but now, now, hear me out. <sighs> so how I got the genesis of this idea, it's a ripoff of someone else's. So I, I, I listened to a podcast called My First Millions a couple times. And it is, it's an interesting podcast. It is cool. But it's like the people they have on there, you're like, I'm not anything like this person. And that's what kind of why I started this podcast. Because all of the ideas I give you are like, a, you could do any of the ideas and make money out of them. Now on my first millions, they're doing like insane things. And uh, they have backgrounds that you probably don't have. And they have access to things that you don't have access to. or And I don't have access to. So for example... Um, the guy who runs the podcast, like, started... He's, like, an internet billionaire. They all live in Silicon Valley, the guys who, like, run the podcast. And, uh... They have people on there who are from Silicon Valley... Uh, who are, like, 
all these people are like uh, connected. So when they have they have an idea and they're like, oh yeah, this is what I did. It was super simple and I made like a billion dollars. It's like, well, yeah, but you're friends with like Mark Zuckerberg and he kind of like helped you out by letting you like put shit on Facebook or whatever. So all the stuff that they, you know, all the stuff on there isn't, it's not like realistic for your average person. So my, God damn it. Um, so my, all my ideas, it's like if you're Jill the Plumber in Dubuque, Iowa, you can take one of my ideas and it'll actually work. You can actually do it. It's not going to be something like un, unobtainable. So this idea is a newsletter with ads on it. So I heard about it on The Hustle. The guy on The Hustle, one of the guys on there, has a, or on the My First Millions, has a business called The Hustle. It's an email that goes out every day. And here's what, what makes it unobtainium, though. He has 1.5 million email subscribers, supposedly. So it makes like $100 million a year. But I'm talking about like, okay, what if you had 25,000 subscribers? How much could you make? Because that's realistic. The other thing is I kind of feel like, now, I don't want to go to court over this. I, I'm i going to assume that the guy who runs the hustle got all the emails, people subscribed, blah, blah, blah. But and there's other companies that do this that have tons of emails, but it's like, I kind of feel like maybe that they bought some lists. I have no proof of this. This is just because, like, no one's ever heard of The Hustle. They have 1.5 million subscribers, active subscribers. That seems like a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's true. Okay, I don't want... <coughs> it probably is true. Don't take me to jail. Don't sue me. I'm not smearing anyone. I mean, maybe they bought an opt-in list from another source that's related. It says, hey, would you like to be opt-in to our newsletter letter, and others? I don't know. But maybe they didn't do that. I'm not trying to smear anyone. Because it's like, it seems like they have a lot of, a lot, and it didn't, hasn't been around that long. So my idea is, uh, I was like, well, I'm in all these like real estate groups on Facebook and you know, my bigger pockets and this and that or whatever. And everyone's like, I can't find any deals. And it's like, well, I see like deals all the time. They're not necessarily deals that I'm interested in. And I'm always looking for deals in Omaha, even in like other states for investors that I work with because I'm a good little guy. So I was like, couldn't I just put an email together that goes out once a week that has all the best real estate deals I could find in that week? So that's what I've done. So let me tell you the economics about sending out an, an email newsletter. So for me, let's say I have like 10 listings, 10 or 15 listings on there. So every three listings is brought to you by ABC company. So here's the economics. If, if you, so basically for ads on, in, in emails, you get $5 to $50 per 1,000 people that it goes out to. Okay. Now you either get closer to five if you have a low open rate. There's a bunch of different factors, but let's just say for the sake of whatever, you're getting $20 per thousand and you have 5,000 subscribers. So each person that's sponsoring like a little section, if you have five sections, gives you $200. That's $1,000 every week for sending out an email. 
So that's a pretty straightforward, that's a simple business. And like for me, I'm just putting out different listings. Um, but there's other ones I've seen that I'm like subscribed to. There's a, a guy locally here. He's a commercial agent. Every week he puts out like an, an email newsletter that just talks about like different commercial developments, different restaurants that are opening, stuff like that. And that's just local. Okay. Now what if you did it and you're an adult baby and you're into like superheroes and you run a superhero blog with like a newsletter or maybe you have a cooking blog with a newsletter. Sure, I'm going with this. It's very simple. So simple, folks. Well, what, what if you just made $1,000 to just crap out a weekly email? $1,000 a week? You could do that on the side. You know, maybe you work for, like, the Department of Veteran Affairs in some job where you literally do nothing and you just have time every day to work on your email and work on your blog. Crap it out. So what do you think about that idea? It's pretty good. I've been working on it for two weeks. I don't have that many subscribers. I'm playing around with it a little bit. It's not refined. If it was more refined, it could get hundreds probably. You know, if I was doing it smarter, faster. Um, if I had a good-looking website. Because my website is just something I just threw up on, like, GoDaddy. It looks like spam. <laughs> you know? I think that's like pretty good and that's something that I can just like set that up and you know every week I put out like four or five listings that I think are like interesting and then if you want more information about the listing you go to a page where you enter your website and then you're enrolled in my newsletter pretty simple so it's not something I have to like really necessarily work on do you dig so that's one idea one idea of many many delicious ideas nom 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 so what else we got in the idea gun? Well, here's something. Oh, here's something that I uh, kind of stumbled into. Now I've kind of talked about this before, um, on a very macro, macro level. But this is a little bit more specific to who I am and where I live and who I love. <laughs> and that is uh, auto recycling. Now let me tell you how this got to got to going. I've always thought that, like, any kind of recycling is a good business if if you have a buyer for the shit you're recycling. So in Omaha, people, there's glass recycling places. <laughs> kind of, There's one kind of where, where I live. There's always people over there, like, dumping out their glass, la-di-da, saving the earth. Well, guess what? There's no, there is no glass recycling in Omaha because there's no facility that melts down recycled glass and makes new bottles. There's not, and guess what? You can't ship them anywhere because all those places are in major metropolitan areas. And recycling glass isn't that cost-effective. So filling a semi full of glass, which by the way is extremely heavy, that's like filling a semi full of sand. Um, and shipping it to Chicago isn't cost-effective. So guess what happens to the glass you think you're recycling? It goes to the landfill. <laughs> Nothing happens to it, folks. And you pay taxes to have it quote-unquote recycled. Stupid. So, recycling is really good if you have an end buyer for stuff. So, with auto recycling, you have an end buyer. There's tons of end buyers. Because there's a tons of stuff you can do with the cars. You can scrap the cars. Oh, 
you can. <laughs> it just means they smash the car in a car crusher and they uh, recycle the metal. Okay. Now you can also, a junk car you can rehab and sell. You can? Yes. How does that work? Well, you ever go to a low-end car lot where they're, they're, uh, it's a buy here, pay here? Well, guess what they do? They buy the shittiest cars they can get their hands on for as cheap as they possibly can, and they sell them for like $500 down and 99 bucks a month. And the car might be, like I'm looking right now at a 2003 Ford Taurus, has no value. <laughs> but if all you can afford is like $99 a month, and I'm like, hey, I'll sell this to you for three grand on terms, I rehab the car enough for... It's drivable. The guy says it's drivable. I haven't been to look at it yet. I'm not that interested. Uh, the guy says it's drivable. If I, But he said he hit a deer with it. <laughs> Is it totaled? It could be. <laughs> um, it could be because one repair was more than the value of the car. Um, but what I could do is repair it, clean it up, Put it for sale on Facebook for $2,500, $500 down, $99 a month. Put a tracker somewhere in the car so if they stop paying me, I can go get it. That's a way to make money. Here's the other thing you could do if I didn't want to rehab it. Strip the parts off it that have any value and then scrap the rest of it. Okay? It's an actual real business. So what happened, here's kind of how I got, I don't want to say got into it because I'm not really into it yet. I'm just on the boundaries trying to figure it out. But some idiot kid <laughs> who uh, tried to sell me something like last summer messaged me. He's like, hey, do you like take cars? And I'm like, no. I don't want anything to do with that. You know, this was a couple weeks ago. And then uh, I'm just tootling around. Some Mexican's like, hey, do you like, how much would it be for you to haul a car off? And I was like, dude, I don't mess with cars. It's not worth my time. I, so I thought. But then I ran across, there's a place where I, over by where I keep some of my dumpsters, and they, uh, it's called Kosiski Auto Parts. It's a large, it's not a huge operation, but it's pretty big. They have a scrap yard. They're car recycling. So what they do is they take cars, they buy cars from, that are total stuff. They strip them down. Usually late model, actually nice cars. Strip down the pieces and sell them for parts. Okay, you did. And uh, my dad knows the owner. owners, says they're great people, you know. So I saw that they were, like, hiring, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I looked at the job, and uh, it's inside sales, but you're basically, people just call in, and you're like, yeah, we got that part, here's how much it is. And then you take their payment over the phone, and you get a commission. Just an order taker. <laughs> For the most part. Seems pretty easy. And it's commission, and it, like, pays pretty good. <laughs> It pays like 50 to 100 grand, depending on your commish. So I was on their website or whatever and saw some of the like, stuff that they sell, and it's like, this shit's expensive. Auto parts are expensive. And, and I just looked at like a rear view mirror, like a side view mirror, because I know that that's a part that has value and it can be easily sold because lots of, uh, that's a piece, that's a piece that needs to be replaced a lot because people will rip them off or whatever. So I says, uh, that's interesting, I says. So I went out to uh, their website. I looked around and saw the saw like a, a side view mirror. And it was like four hundred and fifty dollars. I was like, I thought side view mirrors were like a hundred bucks. No, they're not. 
So my dad's interesting. So I was thinking back to the people who want me to take their cars, and I was like, I wonder what you could even get for a car. So I called up uh, like a, a big time like scrap metal place, and I was like, how much if I bring an entire car in? And they're like, well, what kind of car? So I just blurted out like, um, a Chrysler minivan to 1999. <laughs> you know, I just made it up on the spot. And they're like, well, okay. they're like basically like any car as long as it's completes 475 bucks. So I was like, that's not really that good, you know. So I was like, well, what about a place that actually scraps cars that actually like recycles them? So I was like, well, what about you pull it? So I called you pull and they're like, we'll give you 600 bucks for that. A 1999 Chrysler Town & Country minivan? I figured that would have no value. So I was like, well, if I went and just said, like, you know, I can take this for free because I can go scrap it, uh, that's what's up. So I, like, looked into it, and it's like, yeah, you can get, like, between 500 and and 1000 bucks for scrapping cars. Just scrapping them. So I'm like, that's what's up. So I was like, I wonder how much of, like, a market there is for this. So I was tootling around on the face book. And uh, I saw, like, I just put in, like, a search, like, we buy junk cars in the search. And one of the things that came up in the search was, like, someone was running an ad locally that says we buy junk cars. So uh, I clicked on this ad, and you can see all the comments. There's literally, like, 30 comments. All these people were like, well, you give me for this. Well, you give me for this. And a lot of other people were like, this, these people do a great job. They give you a fair price, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's interesting. So I says, uh, that was actually, okay. So I was like, well, shit, if I can, if I can get a car from someone and give them like a hundred dollars and take it and scrap it for 600 and make $500, that's pretty fucking easy. So I was like, I wonder how, I'm just going to put an ad up that says we buy junk cars and I'm going to see what's popping and what's hopping. See if I can sell, you know, buy and sell junk cars. So I put an ad up. This was like two days ago. I'm getting like an insane amount of people like uh, message me, messaging me, asking if I, what I'll give them for a car. So I have like two that I am actually interested in, like a 2006 Chevy Impala. These are junk cars. They're not nice. And then a 2003... Uh, Ford Taurus, which is actually drivable. So I was like, can I sell that for a thousand dollars? You know what I mean? But he said he hit a deer with it, so I have to see what it, what's up. He's like, it just seems a new hood. People are liars, it's probably totaled. These people are so sick. Sorry, the little wifey called me. So I was like, well shit. So I I get like I'm getting like a couple messages a day. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. So it's like, well, if I could do like two, two or three cars a day for $500, I would do that. Uh, it takes a little more legwork than that. I got to get like the title and stuff like that. But I think it could be worthwhile, frankly. It is an, it's a very interesting business though. Because I was like, well, I can get time to go going to pull it, but I could I like take off the side view mirrors and the... Uh, just the dumb stuff that you know you can sell that takes up no space that's easy and quick to ship. Quick to ship. Do, 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 do. Maybe. Quicktoship.com. 
Because it's like, okay, well, if I if I take that off and then I go just scrap the car for four hundred or five hundred dollars, or no, if I if I take it to like Alters, just scrapping just the car, uh, hello, what would I do with it? <laughs> if I take it to Alters to just scrap the car and they gave me like four hundred bucks, but then I sell both of the the side view mirrors and then like the rims and a couple other things for another 500 then I'm paying 150 bucks for a car and I'm getting a thousand out of it that's what's up obviously it's going to take space that was the issue so I have to get a storage unit so my little wife don't know she'll kill me if she finds out I'm buying junk cars so that's a little idea that daddy's been getting into I've also heard you can make good money like parting out motorcycles. I don't know shit about motorcycles. I don't know a lot about cars, but I know more about cars than motorcycles. Don't know shit. Good business. I, and I, that is obviously extremely profitable because a lot of these like people like get into this and then they're like, oh, this is actually a good business. And then they open full blown, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Scrapyards or uh, junkyards. I'm into that kind of stuff. Dumpsters and junkyard. That's up Daddy's alley, big time. <sighs> so I got two more. These are junk. These are trash related. So if you don't like that, turn it off right now. But I think you're gonna be. I think you're gonna be very interested in this one. If you might not be interested in actually doing it, but you're gonna be interested in hearing about it. So what's that you say? Well, what it is, is gross. <laughs> so, there's a big landfill I go to sometimes. So I'm in the neighborhood, and I have a can that needs to be dumped. Or if I have heavy stuff, I go there. And it's the Pheasant, what the hell is it called? Pheasant Point Landfill in beautiful Bennington, Nebraska. God damn it, it's beautiful. And they take a variety of things there, more than lots of other places. So you can dump asbestos there. That's why I don't like to go, because I'm like, is this dust asbestos that I'm breathing in? They take that. They take steel drums, which not everyone takes. But they also take carcasses of dead animals. Oh. So if you hit a deer and the Humane Society comes and picks the deer up, they drop it off at this landfill. Now, there's another guy up there. He has a business called The Final Ride. Oh, okay. Final ride, dead carcasses. You know where this is going. So he picks up uh, dead horses for people and drops them off at the landfill. And you're like, well, that's gross. Charges $250 per horse and then a dollar a mile. So if your horse dies in Nebraska City, it's a, a dollar a mile for him to drive from Omaha down there, pick the horse up, and then a dollar a mile for him to take that to Bennington. And he's at the fucking landfill all the time. A lot of horses dying, folks. And, and he usually has at least two horses in the trailer. Now, you can't let those bad boys sit. You can't be like, I'm going to combine loads until I have ten horses and bring them up there. It doesn't work like that. They have to be disposed of the, like the day you pick them up, obviously. Decomposition and other issues. It's, not, it's also regulated. You have to have a special license to do it. But you're like, well, that's interesting. But how many people are going to be, like, getting rid of a dead horse like that? Well, 
there's where the rub is. So the rub is the EPA no longer lets you, no longer lets horses go to rendering plants to go into dog food and the like. Why? Well, they use a certain kind of drug. I don't know the kind. I'd have to look it up. You can look it up at home. They use a certain kind of drug to put horses to sleep. That drug has been found in dog food. It's also been found in groundwater. So what was happening is people would, would be like, well, I'll just call a rendering company and they'll come pick up that carcass for free, which they used to do. They can't do that anymore. So now people are like, well, I'll just um, bury the horse on my property. Well, you can only bury like one horse on an acre now because you have too many dead horses. That drug can potentially get into the groundwater. And it's not just, you can, you can only bury so many large animals on your property. So this guy just picks up horses, but I've heard too that like if you have one dead cow, and let's say you have like uh, milk cows, or you just have a, like a small operation out of feedlot, um, you can't just call the rendering company because they won't take them. You have to call someone who like does this specifically. So maybe the final ride guy dumps cattle too. I don't know. I've never expected the guy's load. I don't want to be around it. <sighs> Because a dead day, um, uh, I don't like dead horses. That kind of gives me the shivs. A dead cow, who gives a fuck? But a dead horse, it's kind of something to that. It kind of bothers me. But it's like, okay, if you have two horses, you drive 100 miles, uh, that's 600 bucks. That covers your fuel. Not too bad. And it's like, he's the only person I could find who even offers that service. He's got the market cornered. I'm, you know, I think it's a good business. Gonna let him have it. <laughs> I don't really want to deal with that. Not my cup of tea, y'all. But I'll tell you what my cup of tea is. My cup of tea is dumpsters. God, do I love dumpsters. The easiest business I've ever had. I want my dumpsters to blot out the fucking sun. <laughs> so, you know, I almost bought the 100 dumpsters. Just kicking and screaming. But I didn't. But if you have 100 dumpsters, you're doing a lot of driving. A lot, a lot, a lot of driving. How much driving? Well, let's see. I have five dumpsters. Let's see how much driving I've done today. I've driven 95 miles today, and I'm not even done. My truck gets eight miles per gallon. <laughs> yeah. You just sit back and let her eat. So that's like $30 in gas. <laughs> Now, I've made money today. Don't feel bad for me. I've been working for four hours, and I made 500 bucks. So don't feel bad. Don't shed a tear. But I'm always like, the dumps, dumpsters is all about efficiency. It's all about squeezing the efficiency out. Squeezy, squeeze. So that, so the most efficient trash operation is a side load garbage truck that picks up those cans with an automated arm outside of your house and you're like it is why is that well you only pay like what let's say you pay ten dollars i don't know what you pay let's say you pay ten dollars a month to the trash company so they get two dollars and fifty cents per it's probably less than that you get uh every week it's two dollars for them to pick your trash up and you're like wow that's a, that's cheap 
Yeah, but do you have any idea how many stops those do in a day? They do like a thousand stops. <laughs> they do a stop every couple seconds. And guess what? You're not compacting your trash. It's uncompacted in your can. You can try to. Unless you have a fucking hydraulic press to smash your trash in there, it's not compressed. So that's so efficient because they can do so many stops, they can press that shit down inside of a 40. And the arms is automated. So the driver doesn't get tired anymore. He's just playing Candy Crush and letting the arm eat, you know. And then when he gets there, it has a, it dumps and it compresses out the back. So it's as efficient as it gets. Now, roll-offs are not efficient at all, <laughs> really, because I can only take one dumpster out. I can only have one dumpster on my truck at a time. Most people can only have one dumpster on their truck at a time. And it's like, well, that's not fucking cool. That's what makes them so expensive. That's why they're $300 or $200 or $300. So I'm always on the lookout to say, hey, how can I make this more efficient? So one thing that I've been doing... I've done a little bit of. It's getting better. It seems like more people are into it. Is I rent out or I sell a giant green trash bag that is eight feet long, four feet wide, and two feet tall. It holds approximately three cubic yards of waste of trash. And depending on what you're like the project you're doing, it could be a pretty good fit because it is it's cheaper than a dumpster. It's 150 bucks. And you can keep it unlimited amount of time. Now I can only get only. I can only get three into my trailer at one time uh, with the system I use. And uh, three three yards is a kind of a tough sell for people because they can get a dumpster. For, on the consumer, the consumer can get the can get a dumpster for, let's say, a hundred and the lowest end ones that like scrape your driveway and shit that are not the best are a um, uh, like $160. For seven days and then if you go over it's like five bucks a day or ten bucks a day depending on who you're renting from um but those ones are shitty they rip your lawn up they look bad they rip your driveway up or whatever you can't put them on grass but because it'll tear your grass apart and uh they're not the best frankly um, and the people who operate those are not the nicest people they're t hard to deal with they don't respond they whatever so the ones I was going to buy are that kind of dumpster where they don't have rollers that, you know, people don't want their stuff ripped apart. People don't really like when you rip their driveway apart. When you leave two huge gashes in their driveway, people tend to get a little pissed about that. Hey, I get it. So that's why I, one of the reasons I don't really like that setup, y'all. Um, so I'm always looking. I'm looking. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm praying. God knows I'm praying. To find something better, more efficient. Because I like the efficiency of those, of having a tons of dumpsters. It makes you stronger. It makes you a better person. Um, it makes you, gives you more money. And when I have more money, I'm nicer. When I feel like I'm broke, then I'm a fucking prick, aren't I? <laughs> so I'm going to get dive deep into this in about five minutes. i got to drop a trailer. I love you. I'm proud of you. Okay, we're back. Zach Hergert, Idea Attic. Back. Back in black, great person back in black. 
So uh, I'm always looking for something more efficient. So I'm doing the, the small bags. And uh, I did one last week. I picked up five. Sold the dude five, picked up five. Pretty good. I made uh, 200 bucks profit after everything. Um, but, on, but on most of them, if I just do one, because he bought some of his own bags, so I gave him kind of a break or whatever. But like if someone just buys one for me, I charge him 150 I make about $100 after it's all said and done, which isn't too bad. But I can't really charge any more because the, um, uh, the the bags are too small. You know, they're they're small compared to a dumpster. Now the other thing is, um, so I was kind of like looking around, and when I went to pick up five, I could only fit three into my dumpster because the way I do it is I just tip the dumpster down. I use a cable winch that's on my trailer to pull them up into the uh, <clears throat> into the dumpster, and then I try to compress them together but it's there's like voids um, so I was like well it makes sense if I could get five in one dumpster that would be more efficient so it's like if I was selling them for 150 and I got five in one dumpster then that would make it more profitable you understand so I was like, ideally, like, they make, like, cranes that you can put in the bed of your truck, like a small crane. So I was looking into these small cranes, and none of them are going to, like, work for a bag because they don't offer enough, they don't offer enough clearance to get the bag from the ground into the back of your truck. The crane isn't long enough. Does that kind of make sense? Until you get up to, like, a... A larger crane, like a commercial style one, but I would need to completely change the configuration of my like. I'd have to get like a flatbed on my truck, and it would be it wouldn't really make much sense. Does that make you know what I mean? Like it, you would spend so much money, it wouldn't make sense. But then I saw something that kind of piqued my interest, and it was a it was a crane. It's kind of hard to explain. It basically operated like a lugger truck. So it had a metal bar that attached to each side of the bed of a truck. And then that bar swings back and forth um, from the cab like 90 degrees straight up and down and then out over the back. So if you attach chains to a dumpster or something like that, then... The moving of that thing pulls the dumpster off the end of your truck and lowers it onto the ground. It's kind of hard to explain on the radio. You have to see it. But, hold up. <laughs> Please pause. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> the wife called. That takes uh, precedent. Precedence day sale. Um, I don't even remember where I was at. Really good podcast, folks. Oh, so these cranes, like, they don't really, like, cut the mustard. Um, and then the crane that kind of, like, tips back the lugger-style crane. I was like, well, I mean, that actually could, in theory, that, like, does work. But I was like, I, the ones they sell aren't, like, heavy-duty enough. They can only lift up 4,000 pounds. I was like, I really need them to lift up, like... I really like it to have like a max capacity of eight, 
Because if, if you get one that's 4,000, it, it's not, it can't really do 4,000. Does that make sense? And if it can do 4,000, it's going to burn itself out really quickly if you're getting, you know, close to that. The other thing, too, is like the, the arm that moves over the trailer or over the truck would have to be like pretty good size. But then I saw that people were putting them like on trailers and I was like, well, that's really appealing because if you have that arm and then you put a winch in the middle of the arm, you can literally position stuff because you basically have a crane set up, a moving crane. So then you can really position stuff in a trailer or in the bed of a truck like with pretty good accuracy. So then I was like, well, shit, like... You don't even have to mess with the bags. If you had a crane, a trailer with a crane on it, you could literally load up the back of just a regular flatbed trailer with like four dumpsters at once. Because since you had a crane, you would be able to put dumpsters in their normal style, empty ones, normal style, and then you could put dumpsters inside of those on their side. So like you could go out and do like four switches in one round trip, basically. And you won't be able to get four full ones in there, but you could get, like, in a trailer, two full ones, and then the bed of your truck, another full one. So you could switch out three dumpsters without ever having to go to the landfill and never having to go back to your, like, uh, uh, yard. So then that would literally cut the amount of miles you're driving in, in half. Or, I mean, it would save tons of time. So I was like, oh, I love that. So then I started to think about, like, a crane. And I was like, well, shit, if you can move these things, you have it rigged up to, like, mess with them. You know, if you had them rigged up so you could pick them up and move them around with a crane, that opens up a whole new world of possibilities because then, because then what you could do is you could set yourself up to have, a like, a, your own little transfer station. And the way you would do that is you would have, a like, at your yard you would have another crane and then you would use that crane to pick the dumpsters up off of your trailer and then dump them out in a, uh, in the back of a larger dumpster, like a 40 yard dumpster, or even in the back of a semi because <laughs> they make semi beds that are called tip trailers. You take to the landfill and they have a giant tipper and it dumps them all out. So it's like, Oh, you could, with that setup, you'd be saving a ton of money. Because you would never have to pay minimums at the landfill. That's how you get hurt, is paying minimums. So really, to make it efficient, you want you need to combine the load. So I was like, well, looking at these cranes, it like opened up a whole new world for me. Because I was like, I'd never heard of anyone moving around dumpsters, dropping them off, picking them up with a crane. But that actually does make sense. So I was, I was like, well, let's like look and see how much this stuff would cost. So I think that the crane on my pickup and on a, on a trailer, I think the setup, the crane itself, would be about ten thousand dollars. And you're like, well, that's a lot, but it's like, no, because I can just, I can, I can uh, get a regular trailer, just a regular heavy duty tandem axle trailer. So you'd be all in like twenty thousand dollars on a trailer. But you have to remember how efficient that is. It'll pay itself off in no time. Zero time, frankly. I'm all about the crane. So I started looking at cranes. Because I was like, okay, like the truck, 
a semi semi trailers are actually like a lot cheaper than you probably think they are you can get a used you can get a used regular just like the semi trailers you see on the on the road for like 15 grand and it's like i would expect them to be more expensive just based on the size so you can get a like a tip trailer or a, a refuge trailer for maybe like 25 grand that's really not that bad folks <clears throat> for how much it would save you it would literally save you like a hundred dollars a day so not that bad so then the other thing is i was like okay well i gotta get a crane to get the dumpsters off of my truck up into the into the semi back so that's where we hit a little bit of a snag because i was looking around and i was like well isn't the cheapest thing to just to have a stationary crane like a basically like a an I-beam on each side and then an I-beam in the middle and then like a winch there with the, the crane attachment. Maybe a, something that can slide back and forth. So I'm, I'm looking at, they're called Jantry cranes, I believe is what they're called. You know, like you see in movies. I was like, that would be ideal. That would probably be inexpensive. Looked them up. They're like 250 grand. <laughs> they're really expensive. So I was like, that doesn't make sense. So then I'm, uh, I got on this website. It's called like Crane Trader. All about cranes. For sale and um i'm looking at like i was like well maybe like a truck because then I, you could just like as needed move the truck they have long like some of them have like telescopic arms so then you can really maneuver and uh most of them are like 225 grand i'm like that isn't working so i'm like looking around looking around and then i find some old ones i found one old one it's like twenty thousand dollars um and I was like, well, like, how much can these things lift? Because they need it to lift, like, a good amount, you know. Uh, that crane is rated at 25 tons. It can lift 50,000 pounds. So I was like, that's, like, actually overkill. So I think I could get a crane. I was like, I can get a crane for 20 grand. That's, that's what's up. So then I started looking at the cheapies. And then I ran across something called a knuckle boom, which I kind of already knew what those were. I ran across something called a knuckle boom, which is basically, it's like kind of like a crane. And it folds itself up into like a nice little ball on a truck. I found some of those, and then I found some other ones that are just like smaller cranes. But they still can like reach out like, you know, 20 feet, 40 feet, depending on what it is. And they're mounted on um, like medium and light duty trucks. Mostly medium duty. So the one I found that I'm really interested in, a couple of them. One of them is a crane, has a crane on the back, and these these smaller cranes, that can still lift like 10,000 pounds. That's enough for me. Don't need anything else, folks. And they're mounted on like, uh, the two I found are mounted on International 4700s, which is kind of basically like a school bus frame. So it's under, you don't need a CDL to drive it. You get a crane, and then like there's usually a flatbed, and, and the one I was looking at has a flatbed one of them had a flatbed that was 18 feet, and the other one had a flatbed that's 14 feet. And they're like 24 grand. And I'm like, well, hold up. If I have a truck that's under CDL, that I can fit, I was like, I could fit like a ton of bags on there. And I was like, and because it's like a, and because I can lift stuff on with a crane attachment, I can go 
get bigger bags. They make bigger bags in China, manufacturers do, that are like six yards and eight yards. And I was like, I got eight yard bags. I could fit like four eight yard bags on there. And for eight yards, I could charge like 180. So I'm like, now, wait a minute. Das, what's up? So I went over to the Alibaba. And I was like, how much can I get these bags for? Well, first I looked at like, you can get an, a competitor's bag that's on the East Coast. It's called the Bull Bag. They're eight cubic yards. You can get them at Home Depot for 44 bucks, But they don't sell them in the Midwest. They're only in... Texas, Florida, and, like, the East Coast. And I was like, well, I have a buddy in Houston. Maybe he could ship them to me. But with shipping, they're, like, 60 bucks each. I was like, well, I'm not going to make any money doing this. So that's what killed it the first time. But then I was like, well, let's just go to Alibaba and see what the real deal is. So on Alibaba, if I if I got, like, 100 bags from Alibaba, I could get them for, like, 12 bucks each for eight yards. And you can get them rigged up so you can like dump them out so i was like you might be able to reuse them some of them you know the ones with like construction debris no nasties so i was like now we're really talking because now then you have scale so i was like how much would it cost me per bag if i got a thousand bags and it's like if you get a thousand bags they're like five dollars each and like seven bucks with shipping i was like now we really are talking because I could have, instead of, so the problem with the 100 dumpsters that I had was, um, you have to have somewhere to put those fucking things. And 100 dumpsters takes up like a quarter of an acre. And they, stuff on those break, you have to repair them. I don't want to weld. I don't have time for that shit. And the ones I looked at, they all needed rehab. Each dumpster was $500 and they needed like $800 in rehab. So you're a thousand dollars a dumpster, so it cost fifty grand. But after it was all said and done, it'd be like three hundred. Not to mention the trucks were garbage. And rolling stuff on and off trucks rips the hell out of them. I mean, I'm sure a crane isn't that bad, but you can replace a crane for a lot cheaper than you can re replace like a hook. Those are like twenty five thousand dollars. Cranes you can buy. I mean, there's used cranes out there for five grand. And roll-off trucks command a way more money than going and buying a, one of these knuckle boom trucks. Guys, roll-off trucks are like a hundred grand. Non-CDL. I could get a knuckle boom for twenty grand, and they have like fifty thousand miles on them, so, which means they have another like ten years of life. And if I'm if you have the bags, you can like so today I picked up two dumpsters, I dropped two dumpsters off, and I dropped one bag off. But if I had a, a crane truck and a and, and I was just renting out these bags that are like a little bit smaller than the dumpsters I ran out, if I'm renting these things out, I could have picked up the two dumpsters and then dropped off the other two and drop or the other two and, and the other smaller bag. And I would have driven like a quarter of the amount of time. I would have driven only like 30 miles instead of 100. And I'd have no dump fees. I would only have, because if I had two back there, I'd have space for two more. I wouldn't have even gone to the dump today. I'd have space for two more to, like, pick up. So it cuts your time and your fuel and your mileage and everything way down. And for the consumer, it would be cheaper. And they can keep it as long as I need to keep it. I'm not going to, like, charge rental days for them. So it's, like, your scalability. And the other thing, too, is, like, I don't need to invest a million dollars to buy, like, 
way more dumpsters. Like, they're just right there. And these bags can hold the 4,400 pounds. Most people don't even get it to a ton. Both of my dumps today were under a thousand or under uh, 2,000 pounds. And one of them was like uh, from a bathroom remodel. Now, the other thing, too, with like a crane and a bag is I can put the dumpster like anywhere, basically anywhere. You know, I can put it, you can have it like in your backyard. <laughs> because you, <laughs> depending if I can get back there, if the truck can get back there. You can put it in your front yard. You can put it uh, like on the front by the car curb. You can put it in your driveway. You can, if you have an alley, you can put it in the back alley. You can put it in your backyard if there's an alley. Because the arm will reach over there and get it. You're not as restricted. Do you dig? I mean, you're restricted on stuff overhead. I don't want to be getting tied up in power lines. But I was like, this is way better. You'd make way more money. Because you're not paying minimums. Because like today at the dump, I had to pay minimums on two dumpsters. So I, I today I paid a, a minimum of 34 and a minimum of 21. So that's 55 bucks. If I would have had those two um, in like bags so I could combine the loads, it would have cost me I think it would have cost me like what would it have cost me? Less. <laughs> it would cost me about half. Like 35 bucks maybe. Because one of them was like right at a ton, ton and the other one was like 700 So it maybe cost me $35. Do you like that? And two, because I'm going to the dump so infrequently, I can go to the like the cheapest dump because I'm not getting killed on time. Thoughts on that one? But sometimes it's like I'm paying a minimum two times a day. You know, half the time my my dumpsters only have like eight or 900 pounds in them. Sometimes I only have 400. That's like literally nothing. $400 at the dump would be about $6 at the actual landfill. Do you like that? And then the other thing, too, is, like, the way that the bags I'm looking at are designed is they have a strap on each corner, so you, you can dump them out. So if the bag costs me, let's say, $11, and I can, or $12, and I use it three times, that's only 4 bucks before it rips. So it's highly, it's a way more profitable model. Another thing, too, is, like, let's say you get, like, a builder, and they're all in, like, one, a couple neighborhoods, and you're doing switches all day. You can do a switch. You could switch all the dumpsters in, like, 30 minutes. You could literally murder it. Okay. That is powerful. So those are the ideas. <clears throat> it's all about finding niche. Anish Navatna. Now, I have two other messages about people wanting to sell me their junk cars. These are great people, by the way. My other thought, too, is like, well, if I have an intense enough crane on a truck, I could just go pick your car up, literally. <laughs> literally pick it up into the back. Do you like? Because it's like, if it picks up 10,000 pounds, cars don't weigh that much. They weigh like 4,000 or 6,000. That's tempting fate, is it not? So those are the ideas. God damn, are they good ideas. They're so good. And that's really the things I have for you.
to really look into. Some are more involved, some are less involved. Do you like less involved ones? Good for you. You know, I have friends who are like in finance or whatever. They make a way more money than me because it's like, it's more profitable, but it's like, I, I would kill myself. I have a friend who's a financial planner. He's like a millionaire. He's like a little, my same age. It's like, I'm jealous that he's a millionaire, but it's like, if I had to do what you do all day, I'd blow my fucking brains out. That's not nice. Jesus. I, I just would quit. I wouldn't be able to handle it. That's a little, that's not nice. But it's like, I can't handle that stuff. Even selling real estate, like I do, an, I've been doing open houses and it's like, I'm just bored to tears. And then people come in and they ask these questions. And I'm like, I don't know. What? Like one guy was like, do you know the exact, like exactly how high these ceilings are? And I'm like, I have no clue, man. <laughs> are they high enough for you? I don't know. What are you doing? You have like family members who are 10 feet tall. I didn't say that, but I was thinking and I was like, can you just shut up? I'm trying to watch X-Files. <laughs> watching X-Files uh, God but speaking of side things if you want to get involved in real estate right now not a good time you literally can't sell anything there's so many people who want to like buy houses they can't even they can't even do it why well Kaylee my the little wife she got she actually got one accepted and it they had to jump through so many hoops the house listed for two eighty eight. Her and her people were like, "We'll go up to three fifty five. What? Unbelievable! So we went to look at a house in like literally one of the worst parts of town yesterday, and the house was in horrendous condition. Like one of the main like picture windows was falling out of the frame because of rot. Literally, like just gravity was pulling it down. The roof was shot. The roof looked like it was original. And uh, no one had thirty nine grand for it, and it's like, well, that'd be like a rock and rental. It's like, yeah, you have to put a hundred grand into it. Kaylee texted the other agent or whatever, called her, and she's like, well, we have three other offers. I'm like, oh, I'm not even going in. I didn't even go in. I sat in the car and pouted. No, neither one of us went in. Too dangerous. So, those are some ideas. God, are they good ideas. Maybe we'll look into war profiteering next time, because that might be... <laughs> that's terrible. Dang, war profiteering. That is all for the week. I love you guys. I respect you guys. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to up my game, now that my shingles are subsiding. Love you. Hey, do me a favor. Keep listening. Tell a friend. Tell... Have them... Text everyone, mass text over the weekend. That's your assignment. Love you.